Hello everyone, my name is Angelica Waters and I just wanted to take the time to reintroduce myself and explain the reason and purpose behind my podcast, Heal. This podcast will be dedicated to that person that is ready to accept their hurt, their pain, their illness, or mental health issue and turn that process of exception into a healing triumph. As a young black woman living in a world with so much pressure, I dealt with trauma that hindered my growth process until I came into the power of acceptance. And I call that my starting point to heal. Once I embarked in my journey of healing, I was able to reconnect with my true self, now stronger and wiser. I am ready to share my journey and allow others to share their healing journey by allowing my podcast to be a safe place. Healing is a journey and you shouldn't have to heal alone. If you are ready to take your life back, this podcast is just for you. Now let's heal. Peace and blessings, family, and welcome back to another episode of Heal with Angelica Waters podcast, where we discuss all things healing. And on today's episode, I have a guest joining me today, author and speaker, Ms. Valerie Williams, as we will be discussing today's topic, One Time Too Many, a story on domestic violence. Miss Valerie, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so very much for joining me. How are you? I'm great, Angelica, and I am so excited to be here. So excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much again for joining me. Now, before we get started on this very well-needed topic, mm-hmm. do you mind letting our audience know just a little bit more about you? Okay, yes, I am an author, as you said. Um, I have published uh, several inspirational books for women, and I also have a children's book. I do a lot of uh, self-development workbooks. I have journals for mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, um, positive affirmations for kids. I have something for the whole entire family. Um, I also have a nonprofit called Love Smart. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Love Smart, and what we do is go into schools and, and into the community, um, churches, anywhere we can go and try to reach um, kids at an early age to teach them uh, about a healthy relationship, what love is, boundaries, self-love, um, setting standards, you know, what love is not. And so we try to teach them at an early age so they don't become those um, women and men we go see in shelters. Wow, wow, that is amazing, Miss Valerie. Thank you so much for letting our audience know that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Now, let's get started on today's topic One Time Too Many, a story on domestic violence. Now, I did some research, I'm sorry, research on domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like I came to find out (laughs) that due to systematic racism which affects our social structure as well as our policies both black 
Black women and Black men experience domestic violence at higher rates than other communities. In fact, 45.1% of Black women experience physical violence, sexual violence, or stalking from their intimate partner, while 40.1% of Black men experience those abuse on average. One in three women experience domestic violence 33.3 percent and one in four men experience domestic violence that's 25 percent showing that african americans are disproportionately affected by this issue that brings me to my first question for you miss valerie could you please tell us your story and experience with domestic violence Yes, and um, as you said, um, domestic violence, it is um, very high in our community and in, in the um, African-American um, community. The only thing is we don't report it. It's probably even higher than um, the statistics that you just gave out because we don't report um, all of the incidents and things that happen. Um, and I think sometimes we do that because we don't really know what abuse is or we just have an idea of what domestic violence is and so um and we look at more physical than Mm -hmm. anything and so um and sometimes we just think that it's not abuse we think that it's just something that's happening in the relationship and that's how relationships go you know exactly you make up um however abuse is abuse and i found that out i was married for eight and a half years uh never uh, husband never abusive, never hit me, never punched me, never cussed me out, never downgraded me, never made me feel bad. Uh, however, this particular day, he called me home at work from lunch to bring him the car. By the time I got home, 20 minutes later, he was talking about shooting himself. And I'm just, I'm really just lost because we just had Valentine's Day the week before, you mm-hmm. know, went out to eat had a good time, went out with friends and not knowing something is going on with him. If he's dealing with something, just, but just called me home. And 20 minutes later, he wasn't, you know, was not allowing me to go back out the door to go back to work and got in front of the door. I'm reaching for the doorknob. I'm trying to talk to him. Like I'm thinking he's playing at first. Right. And uh, he just wouldn't get out the door. And then he punched me in the face. So when he punched me, I fell back on um, the kitchen floor and I was just stunned because, I mean, like he literally, I like knocked me, right? Right. And I I was stunned from it. And so I'm on the floor and I'm holding my head and I'm just like, he came and stood over me and said, see what you made me do? And I'm getting up off the floor like, see what I made you do? You know, because my face is just whopping, whopping. And I got up and he went in his pocket and pulled out a gun. We never had a gun in the house. Don't know where he got a gun from. So I'm just like, where you get a gun from? What are you doing? You know, because it just, what is going on? Right. And um, so he proceeded to end up shooting me three times. And he shot me Smith and Wesson. I was shot in the head. So I have a bullet hole here. And it went all the way through my head and Ooh. came out over here. So I have two bullet holes 
here. And then I have two on my arm. You can, can kind of see one right there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one. And he shot me twice in my arm. One bullet came up, went through here, and came out my spine, out the back of my neck. And then um, he ended up shooting himself in the back of the head. So we both were in the house, shot. Um, but I had a girlfriend that I, I had asked to follow me home because I was taking him um, our family van. That's what. That's why I was going home. He mm-hmm. called me. And it just happened so fast. And um, I got to the hospital. They took me out first, to, um, took him. And I didn't even know I was shot in the head. I had no clue. I had no pain in my head. But my arm, I knew that I had lost feeling in my arm because I mm-hmm. couldn't move it. Got to the hospital. Um, they took him wherever. I thought he was dead. I didn't ask yeah. about him. Didn't think about him. Um, I just I just wanted to get the surgery. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I just wanted to get to, And so we had two kids at the time. Um, they were four and seven, a boy and a girl. And I just thank God that they were not in the in the home because I just think his whatever his state of mind was, anything mm-hmm. could happen. Exactly. And in domestic violence, it happens all the time. The whole family, you know, they they kill the whole family. Exactly. So um, got out, got to the hospital. Um, ha- didn't have no surgery, no anything, and that's only because of God. Yes. You know, that's, <laughs> what you know, a miracle you are. God. Uh, it was a straight miracle because, like I said, it went through my head and not yes. the other side. And I didn't have no surgery, no bones cracked, no stitches, no tra- blood transfusion, um, no nothing, nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> oh, glory to be to God. Yes, yes. Oh glory God. be to God. And I, I just didn't, didn't even have a clue that I had been shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed in the hospital three days for observation. My head was swollen, uh, but I did get up and was able to see myself. Uh, my head was swollen, gunpowder residue burnt in it. Just it was just swollen from the the wound, you know, the trauma, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't have the use of my arm. Stayed in the hospital three days, and when I got out of the hospital, Angelica, there was a newspaper at my mom's. Never went back to my home. Ended up losing my house. Never went back. Lost my job, just lost everything. All I had was I was going to my mom's. Never, yeah. you know, never went back to our home. And um, the thing is, I got got to my mom's, and there was a newspaper from the write up of the incident. And in the newspaper, it said domestic violence victim. I'm like, I'm reading it. You know, mm-hmm. my head's swollen. I'm shot up. And I'm like, domestic violence? He wasn't, he didn't beat me. Yeah. You know, he wasn't beating me because that's what I always thought domestic violence was. Exactly. Physical beating, like somebody beating, giving you a black eye, choking you. That's what I thought domestic violence was. And I was I was so upset about it because I know domestic violence has always been such an ugly taboo word. Yeah. That is this. Oh no, we're not gonna let nobody think we getting beat up. Oh no, I'm not gonna <laughs> let nobody. Think they beat me up, you know. And it's just, a, and so we don't talk about it. Exactly. And I got very upset, and I had an advocate that they gave me um, from the uh, court, and she was just honest with me. 
Like she was just straightforward. And I was like, I'm out of it. They need to change this. They need to rewrite this article. And I mean, I was upset. Yes. Upset. <laughs> and and yes. she was just like, but you are, you are. And I said, that was his first time ever hitting me. And that was his first time, you know, and she said, one time is one time too many. Ooh. And she said that it just did something to me. And I was like, one time is enough. Exactly. And that became my message. Um, of course, I had to go through my healing process and finding myself again. And so I wrote my first book, God's Divine Intervention. Uh, and I went through that process of healing. And then I realized, okay, this is why God saved me. For me to have the message that one time is one time too many. How do we prevent it from happening even the one time? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ooh. The story gives me so many just chill bumps. Like you yeah. are literally a walking miracle. Like I've seen so many um, situations where it has taken so many of our young girls' lives. Um, just not being aware of the signs of domestic violence. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can be I can be blunt and say that I was in a domestic violence situation, and I guess it was until I seen the the patterns mm -hmm. of the of what was going on and the type of men I was attracting. I realized, I realized like, okay, something is wrong. This is not yeah. healthy. And like you said, like we said, one time is too many. And mm -hmm. it's, and you know, I think it's because we believe that it's a, it's only a physical thing, but it can wow. also be verbally, emotionally, yes. you know? So, oh my yes. gosh, like this is, ooh. Yes. <laughs> it's right. a lot. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that you saw that because so many and I can say now, you know, some because I've worked with young women, yes. um, 16. I work with older women, too. But I work with young women, 16 to, I'm going to say, 33, you know, and, and some of them are women, you know, and I work yes. with women older than that. Uh, however, like you said, I'm glad that you were able to see that this is unhealthy. This is a pattern because so many don't. Exactly. So many rather be in a relationship to say they have a relationship and it doesn't matter if it's healthy or not i mm -hmm. just i just want to be in a relationship i don't i don't want to be by myself and so it doesn't matter whether it's healthy or not so i'm gonna accept the the abuse rather it's verbal emotionally um physically whatever i'm i'm gonna accept it because at least i have somebody exactly Exactly. Right? Yeah. You just have somebody. Exactly. And then the cycle becomes the norm and the unhealthiness and the toxicity of it becomes normal. So when I'm in this cycle of fighting and making up, fighting and making up, fighting and making up, and that's what we do, yes. that becomes our cycle and it becomes normal. So it's no longer unhealthy. It's just what we do. Exactly. Just, right? what, just what we do. It's, it's a just new, what it's, we do. Yes, and it's, and it's unhealthy and it's toxic and it can be fatal. And so I'm very blunt about that when I go speak because I'm very, because I know if it could happen to me, you know, I'll, I, if it could happen to me in 20 minutes, 
it can happen to you. Know know this, and in, in, in our and in, in, in also in our culture, we have this um, oh I'll fight him back mentality. Ooh, yes, we do. <laughs> you felt that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but why? Why? And, and my question is, why should you have to fight? Exactly. Why should you? That's not love. We shouldn't have to fight. We can disagree, but we can respect one another, you know, and and disagree. But why do we have to fight? Like, it it just doesn't make sense. So we're trying to go in love smart. And it's exactly what it says. Yes. Love smart. Exactly. Yeah. Like, not with your feelings. Because feelings have us doing all kinds of things. So it's not love and smart by your feeling. Oh, I feel this. Mm-hmm. I feel that I'm in love. No, you, you're not in love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See that so, now that brings me to that brings me to my next question for you. Like, I can say with me um, because I experienced domestic violence from the time I was 14 years old to the time I was I want to say 20, 24. Um, and it was, it was, uh, different patterns with the different relationships I was in. Um, and once I came to realize that, oh, this is a cycle, but I ended up learning to take accountability within Mm -hmm. myself in a way, because Mm -hmm. it's like, what am I doing to kind of track the situation. And then it made me go back to when I was younger, the mm-hmm. lack of love that I received mm-hmm. when I was lover, maybe because I don't want to feel alone right. or maybe because of, of, you know, just, just the cycle of having to start all over again. Um, but mm-hmm. now do you believe that if men have, I, I won't say I just know of a lot of women going through domestic violence not saying that men don't go through domestic mm-hmm. violence because there is rates of that as well because women feel as if that they have to respond back um, however like do you believe that the lack of love in the home could be the cause of why there's so many domestic violence situations as far as when you're at when you're younger Mm-hmm. And then you grow up and get into these relationships, right. or as far as like what you see when you grow up. Okay, what what I what I have learned since working with um, teens and talking to them, and yes. and and, uh, and and all races, you know, all races, Mexican, yeah. Caucasian, it doesn't matter, all of them. Um, one thing I've learned about the boys is. And this is something that I had to as a mother too. Mm-hmm. And you do have a son, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I had to be, I, 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 re- I realized that at one point, because now I was a single parent at this time, after the shooting, I'm, I'm a single parent. So my son could get hurt and I would tell him to suck it up. You know, what are you crying for? Like, oh my gosh, like, stop, it doesn't hurt. And he, and one day he told me, he said, mommy, it does hurt. But it does hurt. Yeah. No, like it does. And so I and I spanked him one day and he's crying because I spanked him because he did something that he needed a popping for. 
And he started crying and I'm telling him to stop crying. But I spanked him and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it, it hit me when he told me, he said, but it does hurt. And I said, what am I teaching him as a boy? I'm teaching him it's not okay for you to cry. Mm. I'm teaching him it's not okay for you to be in touch with your natural emotions. Exactly. When crying, when you feel something, and I'm telling you that it's not okay for you to do that because you're a boy. So, but am I telling him how to release his anger? How am I telling him how to release his emotions? I'm not, I'm not reinforcing it with anything. So if I don't stop now at the age of eight, I'm gonna say seven, eight, and he becomes that young man at 18, still holding those emotions in, still not crying, still not releasing, then he's gonna meet a young lady. And he's going to be in a situation where they may get into an argument and what you think is going to happen. He's, and that's what men do. They hold on, they hold on, they hold on, they hold on because we have not taught them how to express themselves as little boys or have told them it's, it, we're saying it's not okay for you to tell me how you feel because when you do that, it lets me think that you're weak. You're not a strong man. And that's not true. And it shouldn't be true. So in Love Smart, we try to get with them and and teach them that that is natural. That is okay for you to cry. If you out there playing football and them five boys jump on you and it hurt, I mean, if it make you cry, it's it's okay. But (laughs) you can hear the coaches on the field, suck it up, stop crying. What you crying for? Stop being a sissy. Okay, what are they supposed to do with it? So when they get into altercations and when they get upset and when they get heavy, what are they doing with it? And I asked one little boy, he said, eventually we're going to boom, we're going to explode. Exactly. And so you see, and so when a girl break up with a guy, he doesn't look at it as though she's breaking up and this is her choice because we all have the right to be where we want to be and where we don't want to be. We all have the right to choose what we want for our life. But when normally when a girl says, I don't want to date you anymore, that's rejection to a boy. And who has taught him how to deal with rejection? You know, who's taught him? So he don't look at it. And that's why you you turn on YouTube and the TV and you hear day after day after day. Uh, I just heard last night, I turned the TV on, just turned the TV on. And the guy shot his daughter and her mom. You shot your own daughter, like nine years old. This This is your biological daughter. And you're so resentful because somebody decided that they don't want to be with you and your abusive mm-hmm. self anymore. And so you go and then and then you go kill yourself. So it's like that's that's one part of it that I see is missing. Yeah. The men that how who's who's teaching them? Who are they talking to? 
they can't just go to the barbershop and talk. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we have to have programs. And then the girls, what I see is sometimes it's the lack of the father being there. Um, The not knowing what self-love is, Mm -hmm. you know, so that is like our very first lesson at Love Smart. We teach them self-love because that's the that's the most important love that there is and when you have self-love you set boundaries you have respect for yourself Mm. you don't compromise but they don't know that you don't seek attention you don't do things where you just got gotta feel like because if this boy tell me i'm cute then i'm cute you know you your voice says nothing about you you have no power within yourself and and so you wait for somebody else to come and validate who you are And you don't mm-hmm. know because nobody, we're not having these conversations. We're not having them at home. You know, some parents do, but I have parents that say, you know, Val, I don't even know how to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, or I'll say, if if I if I, if my daughter was still 11, 12, I'm checking her phone every day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because everything, Angelique, I'm telling you, everything is in that phone. And we have young (laughs) girls in middle school, sixth and seventh grade, getting 3,000 texts a month from their boyfriend. And it's 3,000. Where are you? What are you doing? Who you with? You didn't call me back. You saw me just text you. It's it's, it's that kind of stuff that they're dealing with every day. And the parents don't even know that their child is up under so much stress. And the boys... They can't speak to another girl on campus. I said, you mean tell me your boyfriend can't speak to a girl on this whole campus? Mm, yeah. See, that's where the the insecurity comes in. Because that young girl is insecure because somebody didn't, didn't pour into her at mm-hmm. home, like you said. Yes. Somebody didn't give her what she needed. Somebody said, okay, hey, she preoccupied over there. Let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. And didn't give her the attention that she needed. Ooh, you're going in deep, Miss Valerie. Yeah, <laughs> we have yes, to save yes. lives. We have to save lives. We have you know, to. We have, we have to. to. It's a must. It's a must that. Um, and I believe that uh, this situation in general, domestic violence, is being swept under the rug. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times because of us not knowing the how can I say this the uh, not not identifying the mm-hmm. signs of right. domestic violence properly. So yes, ma'am, I woof. going in deep now. If you all are enjoying this episode just as well as I am, please. Show your support by donating today for more free and powerful content just like this. More info to donate will be listed in today's show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode, One Time Too Many. Now I do have another question for you, Miss Valerie, and I want to know, why is having a healthy sense of self-love, boundaries, and communication with parents valuable to one who finds themselves in a domestic violence situation. Okay, for um you said for parents? Yes. Um is is good because 
what what I've what I've been learning, and a lot of the teens tell me, the youth tell me that they don't feel like they can talk to their parents. Yeah. So at Love Smart, we have what we call a parent portal. And we even have one on Facebook. It's called Love Smart Parent Portal. And that's where we put information in for parents to keep them up to date on the signs and have a talk with your son. And we just try to throw different things out to them because it matters because if that if that child does not feel that they can come to that parent and talk to them, then they're, they're gonna talk to their peers, but their peers, they don't know either. Exactly. They have no idea, they know, they have no idea what healthy relationship is and what and what is not. Um, one thing I have learned this year more than ever, I've noticed that they want to know. Yeah, when I start when I first start out a presentation, uh, they may say something like, "Oh man, we don't want to hear this," you know, because they don't want you telling them anything about their their relationship. Mm. <laughs> but the more I start showing them that it's not about their relationship being healthy it's about them being healthy first they have to, you have to be healthy mm. before you try to get with somebody else you know two unhealthy people they're sick I always say I'd rather be healthy alone than sick with you I'm Ooh. just gonna be healthy by myself <laughs> yes <laughs> you know? and so teaching our teens that at an earlier age will keep them from going to college getting in situations they'll say oh if you love me you'll have sex with me and that young lady or that man will be able to say that's not love that's manipulation Ooh. right yeah because i learned that from love smart <laughs> yes because <laughs> they have the information so I just don't want the teens to have the tools. I want the parents to have the tools also. And and I know that's a touchy subject because sometimes parents feel like, oh, I don't want to get in a business. I'd be like, look, you better get in a business. Exactly. You Ooh, better get in a business because I'm mm-hmm. telling you, if I just I just want to take you to a candlelight visual with me in October. And you'll see the families that's lost their daughters and sons and it is the saddest thing. Even the babies. I mean, it, it, it just, and it over, and it's senseless over nothing. Yes. You know, and then, and then you hear so many parents go, well, they always used to fight. And nobody said anything. Oh, she would have scratches on her. And, you know, sometimes they would just, and I'm just like, and nobody said anything. Yes. And so we have to get out of that. It's not my business. Yes, it is. It definitely is. Exactly. You said the statistics. One out of every three girls. Come on. Every three girls you see. So we have to. So we have a thing called um, for parents. It's called tap in, tap out. And basically it's just. You should know your child enough to know, say, if you pick them up from rehearsal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, football rehearsal or cheerleader rehearsal or whatever. You pick them up from practice and you're in the car and like they can hear your podcast today, right? And yeah. you can say, well, you know what? I was listening to, you know, Angelica Waters on her podcast and she had this lady on there and she was talking about healthy relationships. What is a healthy relationship? What does that look like to you? So you've tapped in, let them answer. Oh, a healthy relationship is, you know, you, you, um, cause this is what they believe a healthy relationship is. 
Changing <laughs> our passwords, <laughs> checking each other phone number, phone. Yes. <laughs> so, as a parent, you can say, "No, that's that's not that's not a healthy trait." You know, that's not something healthy because eventually that's going to end up, you know, being, you know, like somebody's going to get upset about it. So I, I, I wouldn't consider that healthy. So and then you tap back out. You don't go mm-hmm. on and on and on and on because young people going to shut you down. And yeah, they will. Yeah. So you just tap <laughs> in, ask a question, get a little feel for their mindset, what they think about. You know, what is love? What is love to you? You know, around the dinner table, everybody's going to tell what's love. You got to open up that door and 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 give them room. I have some young people say nobody has ever talked to them about relationships. Me neither. I said, how did you start so, dating? I just, I liked him. He liked me. We just there started you go. dating. <laughs> And no, that's usually see, how it goes. That's usually how it goes. But mm-hmm. it's so much responsibility with relationships. And so if you're 15, 16, and you don't know, you just in it because of your feelings or what somebody looked like, it leads you down a path where some people never come back mm. because nobody ever took the time to sit them down to say, hey, you have to love yourself first and foremost. Ooh, you, you are go. beautiful just the way you are. You know, we ha- we have to do that. We have to do it because we look for validation in other people and we seek it in so many ways. And then we end up in relationships that you don't even know how to get out of. Exactly. You're afraid to get out of it. Yes. Ooh. And that fear will paralyze you. It will. Yeah, so it is it's um I'm so grateful and appreciate you taking the time out to even want to talk about it. Um because it's so needed. It is yes, so needed. It is. Yes, it is. Um I am grateful um to have you on as a guest to discuss this and actually, you know, I, I've known of people that went through domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. Um However, it just was never the topic that I wanted to discuss because mm-hmm. it was always, oh, you know, you don't really want people in your business. But when I thought about it, it's like, hey, it may be someone that is going through this that yeah. maybe needs to hear your story. Just like you're sharing to me, made me open up and be like, oh, wow, I did go through this. And I went through it for so long at a point mm-hmm. in time. I didn't even notice it until until. I got to a point in my life and I'm pretty sure um, everyone will get to a point where they realize something is wrong. Like this is not healthy. Something is wrong and I'm not feeling good about myself. So you start identifying those things and see like, oh, wow, this is toxic. This is a situation that I have to get out of and learning with me. It was me learning and and starting to love myself more what kind of made me um, be more grounded and have more boundaries when it comes to certain relationships that I'm in and I believe that that is something that our women and our men yes, need amen. to implement yeah amen. like it's not yes. just women it's, it's men yes. too it's a lot of things that needs to be implemented um, in regards to that just getting back to self and knowing thyself mm-hmm. and that's why I love that you brought up the um, you brought up the relationship with the parents um, yeah then me now having my son and how I want to teach him 
you know, what's right and what's wrong and, you know, right. not allowing a woman to, to do certain things to you as well and mm-hmm. being able to express yourself. So I know someone right. is going to find so much value <laughs> in your love, was it love self? Love smart. Love smart. There love smart. Yes, yes, yes. Love smart. Yes. It's such a beautiful thing because we have to learn to love smart. So I did just have one more question before we end today's show. Now, what advice do you have for anyone who is in a domestic violence situation who do not know how to get out? Um, there's help everywhere. Resources in their community, I have no doubt in my mind, there are definitely. And then there's the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. They can just look it up. I think it's one 779 safe but if not they can look it up national and they'll they're there 24 7 and that's the thing they will help them step by step because one thing i always tell especially women because 90 percent of victims are women mm-hmm. um, be very careful when you say i'm going to leave that that needs to be something that you're kind of doing under the rug mm-hmm. because a lot of women go um, that's why I'm leaving you. And that is the, that's the, that's the time when they say, I think they say seven times higher than women getting killed at that moment. Cause remember I talked to you about the rejection. Yes. Men look at it as rejection. Like if I can't have you, nobody else will. Yes. Those kind of things. So, um, there is help out there and all, and be able to tell somebody you know, don't think that they have to go through it alone and I always say that it's never their fault. Whether they know the signs, whether they didn't know, how did I get here? It's never their fault because people choose. Somebody asked me, um, did your husband, did he snap? No, he didn't snap because I was begging him for my life. Mm-hmm. And I know he was talking to me and I was talking to him. He understood everything I said. So he never will get a snap from me. Yeah, now, it was out of his character for who he was, but he made a choice that day. He made a choice when he hit me, when he punched me, and he made a, sh- a choice when he pulled the trigger three times. Ooh. That's not snapping. That that that's not snap. And so I tell people all the time, don't re-victimize the victim. Ooh, <laughs> right. Don't yes. re-victimize the victim. Like I yeah. had to do something in order for him to do that. I had to do something. No, no, he made a choice. And if I did sleep with 10 men, it doesn't give you the right to try to take my life. Exactly. You know, so I always tell people um, that I really, what I want now more than anything, I just did an event Saturday and my message was prepare. You have to be in preparation. You have to prepare to be in a relationship. Then that way you don't have to worry about managing it. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If you prepare for it, you don't have to take so much time managing it. But what do we do to prepare before we get in a relationship? What do we do to prepare when we get out of a relationship? How do we prepare ourselves and get ourselves back right before we get into another relationship? Another one. No, we yes, jump into we another relationship. We get right back in another relationship, broken, bruised, hurt, but we just get into another relationship and Mm. that cycle starts all over again. So prepare, what do you prepare? How do you prepare yourself? 
to make sure you're good and make sure you're whole before you get in a relationship. And like you said, those boundaries are number one. Those boundaries are for protection, not mm-hmm. punishment. They're for protection. They to protect you. You know what I'm saying? Those, yes. those diamonds are like in a in a case locked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. you the diamond. You got to protect you. So have those, put those boundaries in place. Know what do you look for in a person? What's your standards? What are you even looking for? Do you even know? Mm. It can't be all external. You know, I need some uh, responsibility and some dedication, some commitment, some effort. You know, is, is he reliable? Just different things. What are you even looking for? You don't know. Exactly. So exactly. I think when we sit, you know, Angelique, and, and take time with ourselves and, and learn who we are and know our truth, then we can walk with someone else. But if not, just be by yourself. Just be by yourself for a minute. Just give yourself some time to grow and love up and love on you. That's what I had to do. Yeah. You know, I had to learn how to love me with six bullet holes in my body. Ooh. And I had to learn to love me. That was just it. All over again. Well, you are doing an amazing job. You look beautiful. I can't Thank even you. tell that you got shot or anything. You look amazing. And you are <laughs> definitely a survival survival story. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I want to thank you again for joining me today, Miss Valerie, and discussing this well-needed topic, One Time Too Many. I would also like to give a special thank you to my amazing audience and healing tribe for joining us today. I pray today's episode was informative and valuable to you all. Also, be sure to give us your feedback, share, and subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes on any of your favorite podcast stations and on my YouTube channel, Heal with Angelica Waters Podcast, to help get the message out to those in need of healing. Also, if you are ready to start your healing journey, be sure to check out my ebooks and merchandise on health and wellness and start your healing today. More info will be available in today's show notes. I will also leave info in the description so you all can contact my guest today, Ms. Valerie Williams. Valerie, before we end today's show, do you have any closing remarks for today's audience? Only remark I want to say is to make sure whatever relationship you have that is purposeful before it's personal. It must have a purpose. If it don't have a purpose... Let it stay where it is. Purposeful before personal. Yes, yes, yes. I love it, Miss Valerie. You guys heard it first. (laughs) Make sure it is purposeful Purposeful. first. Yes, yes, yes. And again, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And we leave you guys as we can. Peace and blessings.